Hello and welcome to May I Have This Dance, a podcast from the Human Awareness Institute or Hi Among Friends. We're here because we love having real, rich, juicy conversations with people. We strip down with the people we interview, figuratively and only sometimes literally, to the undercurrent of what it means to be human through the lens of love, intimacy, and sexuality. As an organization, Hi is a place to explore and embrace our humanness. Obviously, a podcast can't replace our workshops, but we do hope that in these interviews, you're able to catch a glimpse of who we are and what we do. Shall I get started with the interview? Let's do it. Hello, this is Haya. In this episode, we're actually doing something a little bit unusual. Um, Kate and I hosted a live Q&A session where uh, listeners from the podcast were able to come in and um, ask us some questions. Uh, we got into some really beautiful questions, including, you know, how being quarantined has affected us and uh, how we describe hi to our friends. So um, we'll get straight into it. And we hope you can join us for the next live Q&A we do uh, at some point in the future. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. So this is our first Q&A live. Thank you all for being here. It's so good to see people's faces. It's kind of fun because usually on the podcast, we're just hearing voices. So it's nice to kind of shake things up and have some faces on here as well. And so I'm going to start. My name is Kate, and I would like to introduce my co-host, Haya. And Haya has quickly become one of my favorite people on the planet. I feel very close to you, Haya, uh, as a friend and as a co-host. Um, I've been amazed by how close we've become through the podcast experience, but also because you are so present. You show up, you take on things really big, you jump in, you're such a graceful human. And um, one of the things I love about Haya is his, like, zeal and, the like, quickness and depth in which he gets things done. Um, I so can depend on this human being. And that if any of you have had an experience of fully depending on another human being and trusting them, that's how I feel with Haya. So thank you for being here with me, Haya. Mm, thank you for such a beautiful introduction, Kate. That's wonderful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I've had a rough couple of weeks and hearing somebody say kind things about me is <laughs> quite a treat. <laughs> So I would like to introduce everybody to Kate, um, who is my uh, co-host on the podcast as well. I, uh, I didn't know Kate until um, I stuck my hand up when somebody said, hey, uh, does anybody want to help with some marketing stuff? And I was like, I can totally help with some marketing stuff. And um, I was forwarded to Kate and we started working together on a, on a flurry of projects. And each of them was um, more interesting than the next. But every way, the whole way throughout, I got to learn more and more how Kate is incredible at just fully showing up. And what I mean by that is she just um, has this beautiful grace in being able to take the time it takes to get something done. Um, as Kate said as praise, but as I take as a little bit of, uh, I, I take it too hard. I usually move at breakneck speed the whole way through which is a really fantastic way of getting through some things, but it doesn't always work when, when we're talking of matters of the heart. And Kate has, um, has been really good at, at encouraging me to just slow down and be fully present for the things I need to be fully present for. So I'm really grateful for that. And 
I am. Uh, I think a lot of that actually shows through when you start listening to the podcast as well. Thank you, Haya. So, Haya, in reflecting back on our season one together, I'm curious, are there any moments that stood out for you? Any uh, takeaways that were especially impactful that you'd like to share with us about your experience as a host, but also just as a person uh, as you connected with the various people we have on our podcast? Hmm. I think the thing that has surprised me more than anything is how incredibly diverse everything that has happened on the podcast has been. Mm-hmm. Everybody's brought their full selves and their, and the amount of um, vulnerability and sharing that happens is incredible. Um, we always offer our, our guests uh, to, to edit stuff out. We're like, look, we want you to speak freely. And if you mention something that you rather wasn't out there in the real world, uh, we can find a way of making that disappear. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody has taken us up on that yet. Yeah, we haven't. Which means that it. Yeah. all the beautiful truths and all the beautiful shares and all the, all the advice and life stories have just been fully out there. And that has been such a, that was a real surprise to me until it wasn't. At some point I realized people are just so keen to share what they've learned, both in terms of telling their own stories, but also in terms of um, helping helping others with mm-hmm. their journeys. And I think it's such a wonderful thing to have been a part of. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think one of the things I've taken away is uh, how kind people are in their willingness to share themselves. There's a there's certain kindness to that, I think, because we all want to learn from each other and listen in to one another. And I think that for me, what was so exciting about this podcast is like an opportunity to listen into an intimate conversation. Like it didn't have to be about one particular topic. One thing uh, our listeners may not know is we don't actually prepare questions ahead of time. We just get into a real authentic conversation with people. And I have found that that just leads to such rich self-disclosure. And I've also been amazed at how well people tie that to the narratives of their lives and the things that they know from kind of a cognitive level. But every single one of our guests went deeper and went into memories that were important to them and shared what was on their heart. So it's just been such a privilege to be with these people as they've opened themselves up to us. Any, any favorite moments, Kate, that you want to share? Um, you know, so in our like wrap up of season one, I shared that I just loved the episode with Dr. Ali Ash, and I'll repeat that. I think she was just exquisitely articulate. She uh, touched on co-regulation, which is a concept that I really love in psychology of this idea of us regulating uh, each other's nervous systems by coming into breath with one another. Uh, basically, the interdependence and the interconnectedness that we have as social creatures and how that can help us to soothe and, and connect. I love that concept. Um, but I also, I was re-listening to season one, preparing for season two, and I really enjoyed our episode, the very first episode with Peter Rangel, who, for those of you who don't know, is a longtime facilitator at High, and he was the first to raise his hand and say, sure, I'll do your podcast. Uh, and so he came on the show, and I just so admire that man. I think he is so tapped into who he is. He really has a strong personal identity, and he's loving, and he shared a little bit about how his relationship has gone through different waves. I think he said at one point during the episode that 
he'd been married three times to the same woman. And I just love that concept that we, we grow and adapt and we change. And I think that the two of them, his wife, Donna is also a facilitator at high and they have just so embodied what it is to be in love uh, with life. Right. And to weave that into their relationship and allow themselves to change and grow. And uh, so I so appreciated having him on the podcast. How about you? Are there's a favorite person that you loved talking with or any key takeaway that you want to add? Well, I think my favorite episode was the one with Siobhan, but the favorite moment was actually from, from Peter's um, uh, episode yeah. where there was just such a beautiful moment where he kind of summarized his, his three marriages <laughs> to the same woman and um, I think at some point, I don't remember exactly what my question was, but I was like, okay, that sounds like the summary. Now tell us at the, at the heart level. And something clicked in him. And the rest of that episode is just such beautiful radio. I was, I, I, was, <laughs> I had to mute myself because I was crying because it was <laughs> so fantastically beautiful. And um, yeah, it's, I've done a lot of radio over the years. And I feel like this is the first time where I've fully been allowed to to really get in deep with uh, the interviewees rather than just kind of staying at a safe distance. Mm. And that is one of the, that's one of my favorite things about doing podcasting in general, because it's such an intimate medium, but actually being allowed or having permission mm. to go and explore with the other person. Oh, yes, mm -hmm. please. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lovely place to open it up to our listeners here with us tonight. And so what we invite of you is uh, to ask us some questions that go a little deeper and to help us facilitate a conversation with you about love, connection, relationships, sex, death, money, whatever you want to talk about that feels real and interesting. Our first question today is from Giles. Take it away, Giles. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, um, obviously I've only met you guys today, um, but I've seen quite a lot of, a lot of your um, postings on Facebook and I would I would love to know what your journey was to bring you to high mm, that's a wonderful question hi would you like to go first sure um it is actually a wonderful question I um I was at Burning Man <laughs> like any good story starts and um I was in a camp with a bunch of really wonderful uh human beings including a bunch of my coworkers. um you haven't really lived if within a few months of, of starting a new job, going through a giant car wash and seeing all your coworkers naked. Uh, that was a pretty, uh, pretty magnificent moment. But one of my, uh, one of my campmates um, was this beautifully present and incredibly happy man. And um, I asked him about a tattoo he had. And he mentioned that he had um, attempted suicide several times. And I was like, oh, well, that wasn't the uh, answer I was expecting. Uh, can you say more? What, what's like, why are you such a, a beacon of inspiration for people around you right now? And what, what has happened? He goes, have you heard of high? And I'm like, huh, say more. I was like, just, just go. And this is probably three days into having first met this guy. And at the end of the, um, at the, end of the uh, Burning Man event, I took like a mental note of three people I wanted to stay in touch with, and he was one of them. And so, uh, you know, we all go back, he lives somewhere in Florida, and I uh, asked him again, hey, wh what is this thing you mentioned to me? So he sent me a link and said, just go. Don't ask questions, just go. So we went to one of the mini events, and it felt 
it felt a little bit strange, like in a, being in a big room full of people and kind of randomly hugging and doing the, the circle thing that happens in the beginning. But then I decided to go along to level one and it was an absolute eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's added like this tiny amount of, of, um, of beauty that I didn't know I was searching for. And it turned out to be the beginning of a lot of really big and important changes in my life. And here I am uh, four levels in and I, uh, I'm loving being part of this community and being able to um, serve by hosting this podcast. What about you, you, Kate? What was your journey? Hmm. Thanks for sharing that story. Hi. I came to high right after I graduated college. I was back in my hometown and which is Santa Barbara, California. And I had just gotten out of a four year long relationship that was my first like big dive into love and um, gotten out of is kind of a, an incorrect way to place it. I, I had closed up a really significant chapter uh, with that relationship and I was uh, at home figuring out work and figuring out who I was and my mom, actually, who is on this call at the moment, she had been to high, and um, she knew about me that I am someone who really loves connection, and we have, you know, our family placed a lot of value on communication and personal growth, and so this terrain was pretty familiar for us as a family, but when she was introduced to high and went, it was life-changing for her, and then she came home and said, you have got to try out this workshop. And I had a really keen interest in human sexuality at that time. I was, and still do, uh, wanted to go into the counseling profession. And I'm now pursuing my master's with a focus in human sexuality. Yay. Um, And so at the time, you know, I was 21 or 22. And I was like, this is so up my alley. And I got way more than I realized I was going to get out of it. And I think one of the, the huge, big first takeaways for me uh, in level one when I was 22 years old was really understanding, tuning into, understanding, identifying, and then speaking my boundaries. Uh, You know, as someone who tends to be a caregiver and a big heart and wants to take care of everyone, I can sometimes lose who I am in that. And for to going high at that age, actually, it's still a practice for me, but I have grown so much in my ability to really speak what I need and be with what other people need at the same time. So that's how I got introduced was my mom. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Really, that's really great to hear both your journeys. It's and both different and but and equally rewarding for both of you to start on the journey and to progress to progress onwards is kind of amazing. So thank you for that share. I really appreciated that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking such a thoughtful question. And our second question today comes from Kirby. I'd actually like to ask you, Haya. Um, what have you learned at high that has been most valuable to you in your sex life? Good question. Um, well, for one thing, I would have not been able to answer that question a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> like some random person asking me about my sex life would not have gone down well. So that has changed. Um, but I think the most important thing I've learned is... Um, asking for 100% of what I want and just being able to be open about, Hey, here is a thing I would like to try, or here is a thing I would like to experiment with or, or uh, share with you. 
that is all fantastic. Um, and no is a perfectly fine answer. Or negotiating from there, saying, well, if you don't want to do this, what else would you like? And I think just that, that freedom of being able to ask without fear um, is beautiful. And actually, there are people that I have um, met where I didn't feel like I could ask. And usually that was an indicator to me that this is not the right person to step into something with sexually. Because it means that there isn't a depth of trust that I know that I will be heard and seen in this, in this journey. Beautiful. Thank you. And the next question comes to us from Eric, another one of our listeners. I'm just hugely grateful for that you guys are doing these podcasts. And, and I, you know, with all of this, the crazy times that we're all living through, I've not been able to attend. Uh, and this is my first time to, to kind of join one of your sessions. So I, I'm glad that you guys are sticking through this and continue to make this happen. And it's, I, it's, Something, and I, I'm sure you guys have seen that I've applied maybe, and yes, I'm going, and <laughs> it didn't turn out, but uh, that I could attend. So this is my first time to attend, and I'm just so grateful to be, uh, that you're doing this, and that, that we can all come together in this way. So. Thank you. It's mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah. So Haya, I've got a question for you. A double whammy, are you open to another question? Go for it. I feel brave. Okay. So I would love to hear a little bit about, I know that you've navigated a lot of loss in the last year and change. And what I've witnessed being your friend is that you have really allowed yourself to feel on a really deep level. And I, I don't know that I have a specific question so much as I'd love to just hear a little bit about what that process has been for you, how, how you've come to internalize and make sense of your process so far. If you have any nuggets of, wisdom you've discovered for yourself that you'd like to share? I think the important first piece for me has been to just pause and feel and to just be okay with um, breathing through emotions that come up. And there's always a lot of emotions that come up, you know? Um, it's been... It's been really hard, you know, I've been through um, some relationship changes, I've been through um, unemployment and moved house and all these kind of things. And it's just been extraordinarily difficult to keep my sanity throughout all of that. And mm -hmm. I think just by slowing down and, and saying yes to, to feeling the feelings that need to be felt has been really important. Um, and therapy has helped, um, high has helped, uh, just being able to lean on good friends has helped a lot. Um, mm. But actually specifically, um, I think you have helped me a fair amount, Kate, in, um, and I think especially, uh, I mean, the readers can, or the, the listeners can go back and listen to what the, um, uh, what your story is on the podcast where I interview you. But I think the amount of, of grace and strength that you showed in, navigating some really hard shit um, has given me a lot of a good example. And that has been really nice to try and emulate and learn from. Mm, thanks, Haya. I'm touched by that. And I admire you as well. Thank you. Carrie's got a question. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Haya. I'm just wondering, um, I'm really appreciating the podcast that's really helping me 
get through my times right now. And I'm just wondering how the two of you are navigating through the COVID-19 world and what that's like for you, if anything's changed or, of course, I think for everyone it has, but how, how are you surviving? Good question. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. I love volleying with you, Haya. Thank you, Carrie. It's a great question and so relevant right now. Um, So I grew up in a community of people in California who love to go camping every year together. And it started, uh, I don't know, over 20 years ago. And so I really grew up in this community of people who just wanted to be intentional about sharing our lives together. And so it's many different families all come together. We have about a hundred different people come every summer to a camp that we put on together as, as just a community of people who want to play and connect and, um, unte- you know, unplug from technology. So it's, it's one of my complete sacred, most yummy spaces similar to high. And we rotate leadership every year. Uh, and this was, the year that I volunteered to lead. And so each person gets to lead once in their lifetime and we just continue to rotate leadership. So uh, I was leader for this year's camp, meaning that we planned it uh, over the course of the last year since last summer to happen this July. And I sent out an email today canceling camp. Um, And we choose a theme every year. And this year, back last July, I chose the theme Loving What Is. And it's been unbelievable to me how, how perfect and relevant that theme has become because we've had to surrender to uh, first the unknown and now a very large disappointment of losing that opportunity to connect with people that we love. And so that's really present for me. But I and, and then other little things like, you know, the, just the balancing of the waves, the loss, the disappointment. I'm getting married in September and I don't know if that will happen. Um, and so there's a lot of like, okay, I guess this is where we're at. Um, and I've had tears and I've also been just really profoundly grateful that we're safe and healthy, uh, that both my parents are safe and healthy. And I have had friends and loved ones who are really struggling financially. And for the most part, we've stayed secure, my fiance and I. So it's to me, this like amazing, uh, concoction of, emotion and I'm just trying to really feel it all instead of kind of tuning out and going numb to it, just really enjoying and being present to the the largeness of the emotion that's available to me right now. Um, I was on a Zoom call with this, with Jason, who's another facilitator at High, and he said, how are you? And I said, you know, this might sound strange, but I'm actually really grateful that I'm an adult right now because I'm able to take in the gifts of this very rare experience. And, you know, if I were two or three, I'd be alive, but it, you know, I would forget it. It wouldn't matter. But because I'm at where I'm at and also the fact that like, I'm at this very important part of my life where all these moments of coming into myself and coming into adulthood, you know, taking on leadership in the communities that matter to me, getting married, these important kind of milestones are really kind of put into question. I think it's really accentuating for me what's important to me, which for me is love. So that's where I'm at. Thanks, Carrie. Carrie, would you, did you ask, want to ask another question? I would like to hear from Haya also about how you're navigating this situation, if you're willing to talk about that. I have always considered myself as somebody who deals pretty well with being on my own. and. Um, that changed 
about a year ago when I discovered um, more communities. I discovered high. I discovered a lot of um, beautiful relationships with with friends around me, and actually started spending a lot more time with other people. And so um, finding that um, taken away from me because there's a pandemic on <laughs> has been extremely painful. Um, and it's kind of happened in the middle of a whole bunch of other changes in my life as well. And I came to a realization that the only right thing for me to do is to basically write this whole year off. Um, I have a lot of grieving to do. I have a lot of just feeling to do. And I think it's just okay to not be, it's okay to just be okay. You know, I don't have to strive for self-fulfillment. I, I don't have to reach new heights in my career. I don't, you know, there's so many things I don't have to do that I normally would, the pressure I would have put on myself to do them. Um, that was already true. And then this pandemic happened and it kind of rammed home the point. It's like, look, just 2020 can just be itself and uh, go fuck off, frankly. But mostly it's just a case of, of, of being okay with just being okay. And I think the impact on me has been huge. I started doing, I've always been a martial artist, but I, I went back to martial arts and I can't do that. Um, I run a regular pub quiz in a, in a pub that is really, really struggling now because the pub had to close. I don't get to see any of those friends, etc. cetera. Um, and the, the, the course correction has been to just spend a, an incredible of t- amount of time on Zoom. I have, um, I have found all this beautiful connection with people through video in ways that I didn't know was possible and that I didn't realize was even available to me. And I think there is something beautiful that has happened, which I think is actually going to be a permanent change in how I live my life and how humans live their lives. You know, the number of people who finally discovered that, wait a minute, this thing I was doing that I said had to be in person, I can actually do with a Zoom call, eliminating a ton of travel, a ton of hassle and all that sort of thing. And I think there's, um, there's some really beautiful things that are going to come going to come out of this alongside all the tragedy and all the sadness and all the grief and all the, and all the pretty serious uh, mental health setbacks people have been having uh, me included. Um, So yeah, I have really mixed feelings about everything that's going down. Occasionally I find myself grateful to have to slow down, but um, yeah, lots of really, really mixed emotions Uh, right before we started this uh, call. I did some jumping jacks over there just to kind of get my blood flow going. So I had the will to live to actually do a full call. Um, And yeah, sometimes that's the kind of thing you have to do, you know? I'm glad. I like the image of you doing jumping jacks to get your heart rate up and your your body present. (laughs) So I haven't heard from Patrick yet, so I'm going to call on him next. Would you like to ask a question, Patrick? Sure. I um. I'm just, I, I, I just so appreciate the podcast. Hello there, it's Haya. So um, I'm really sorry to cut in like this, but Patrick's audio had a couple of issues when we recorded this. And so um, you can't really hear his question properly. Luckily, Kate repeats it before she answers the question. So uh, let's cut straight to that. Yeah, so great question. So the question of how do we talk about high with people who have yet to experience the room of love in our workshops yeah, it's a fantastic question. So for me, 
the Human Awareness Institute is a place where people can come to expand their experience of love. So we play with all different kinds of topics that are related to our daily lives, you know, choice, uh, relationship, communication, sexuality. But for me, the, the overarching theme and the thing that I think people come away with the most is just this extraordinarily expanded, unique experience of deeply loving themselves and being in love with other people. And one of the most profound things I hear from people all the time is I can't believe how quickly I fell in love with complete strangers. You know, that being in relationship with people and listening to them deeply and being listened to, it's an exchange that most people don't experience in their daily lives. And for me, it's about love. So uh, I think that's what makes us unique is that there's all kinds of organizations and uh, podcasts for that matter that talk about sex. But for me, they don't always hit the mark on that deep, profound sense of love. And uh, love is a experience that we all need and want. It's at the heart of what makes us human. And uh, I think high is just experts at bringing love into people's lives and, and opening a door so that people can ha have access to love on a more profound level. What would you say, Haya? So what I usually say is that it turns out that um, everybody has a number of layers. And what high is really good at is getting into those layers for you. The, there's a workshop on loving yourself, which I love talking to people about because it's the second workshop. And um, I thought I didn't need it at all. I thought it was going to be an utter waste of time, but I had to do it before I could do three and four. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I was so utterly wrong. Um, for a solid two weeks after that, workshop, I felt like I was on a heroic dose of MDMA. <laughs> uh, like I was, just, everything was just love. Everything was just beautiful. And, and I just had endorphins coursing through me for two solid weeks afterwards. And it turns out just spending a, 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 a long weekend in close connection with humans. Oh, it was so beautiful. I wouldn't say that everybody owes it to themselves to do it because you owe yourself nothing. If digging deeper into your own world is something you're interested in, then absolutely seek out high and see what that, uh, what it does for you. Nandeep, you had put up your hand earlier. Would you like to speak? Sure. I have a question for Haya. So you talked about your experiences when you interact with people on the Zoom or online. But I have a feeling this works only with people who you know personally, who you have spent some time with uh, physically. Do you think it works as well with people who you have not really met in person, who, have, who you have not touched, who is really a stranger online? Well, I'm very glad you asked that? that question. So I actually went on a, uh, I went on a first date. Uh, I went on a speed dating event. And um, was, was connected with somebody who uh, turned out to be really, really interesting. And I still haven't met her. She lives in New York. And even if I could go there, I don't think this is the best time to go to New York somehow. Um, but we've been able to have some really wonderful conversations. And this whole thing is played out over Zoom. It turns out it is possible to build really close friendships and beautiful relationships with people that you haven't pet, uh, met in person. And I think Zoom and being able to look somebody in the eye and having a, 
uh, a hard, open, deep conversation with somebody is probably as good of a way of doing that as, as anything else. Now, would I prefer to be able to hug people? Absolutely. <laughs> would, I be, would I much prefer to be in the same space? Yes, please, let me do that. Um, but I think in terms of making the most of a, a subpar situation, um, Zoom is not such a bad way to go in, in my experience. All right, and we've got a question from Jack. My question, and it's for both of you, is um, I know how compassionate and caring you both are about high and the world in general, and we're going through some trying times in high because of the world in general. And yet you're both so positive and embracing. And how do you guys manage to, to keep that up? I find this question really touching, the way that you just framed that, Jack. Well, I, I guess the answer, to be quite honest, is it doesn't feel like keeping it up. It feels like this is where my heart is. This community and high is what brings me joy. So, you know, leaning into that and enjoying my time. Uh, I will say there was a woman on our podcast named Danielle, and she's from Somatica, and she came on and we had a great chat. And she taught me this concept of uh, recognizing your turn on and extending that beyond just a sexual context where you actually recognize when am I turned on for life, you know? And uh, she took it so far as to say that they don't make any business decisions unless it gets them wet. And I thought that was a really <laughs> wonderful frame. And um, so I bring that up now because I, I have been thinking through that lens of what gives me life, especially now, especially now when my life feels narrowed, when I'm living, uh, you know, in this tiny little house with my fiance and trying to make life feel big and exciting. For me, I've just been allowing myself to do the activities for high in my work that get me excited and bring me life. And I think it's because people feel inspired to uh, step up, try something new. And so for me, I, I, it doesn't feel like it's hard. It's just uh, allowing the joy to come in. How about you, Hi? The truth is I don't feel like I am particularly positive. Um, and... I think a lot of the time it feels like things are really heavy and hopeless and painful. And um, there are people in my life that I can turn to and get support. And um, I am so grateful that, uh, you know, some of those people I've met via high. Um, uh, Kate and I talk a fair amount outside the podcast uh, world too, which is, which is wonderful. And I have this whole support network of people who, who care about how I am and, and what's happening. And I'm not very good at asking for help, but I'm getting better. And I think that has been the thing that is, is uh, affording me some, um, some optimism and some positivity. Um, and I think that is only about 20% of my existence right now. The other 80% are heavy and hard and rough and horrible. And I think only by showing up and by continuing to cherish those 20% will they become 22%, 25%, et cetera. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but it's... Uh... I, I'm appreciating your vulnerability, Haya. You know, there's multiple times on this call that you've really been honest. And uh, I think it's easy to kind of want to cherry paint things or have things be sunny and shiny. And I just, it makes me feel more connected to you when you're really honest about where you're at. So thank you for that. I, both your answers, of course, are 
kind of what I expected from having gotten to know you. And and I have to say, hi, I must I must be only seeing you when you're in that fifteen to twenty percent. But I do have that sense that you have, you know, I know some of your story. I've been listening to the podcast and I know you've had some challenges. And yet every time that I converse with you or I hear you converse, you do, you're looking forward. Uh, and it's what I really appreciate. And, and, you know, I have to say that that's pretty much the high experience. Thanks, well, you're completely right, though. I mean, the, the one thing we have any sort of influence over is the future. Uh, the past is is written, carved in stone, and you are right. I am, I am trying to focus more on the future, and I think that is that has been a hard learned lesson, and I think it's it's paying off. It's definitely paying off. I I don't know if this question has been asked. Okay, go for it. It is the question for each of you. What song can you not not <laughs> dance to? So, Jack, thank you for the fantastic question. Uh, so the song I can't not dance to. I don't remember if I've been asked this question already on this podcast, in which case I may give a different answer. But um, when I was a little girl, something you may not know about me, if you really knew me, you'd know that uh, I did about 12 years of b- ballet uh, when I was growing up. So I did a lot of dancing. And I joined a ballet studio when I was about eight or nine that was very unorthodox. Traditionally, ballet is very like traditional and you all wear your pink leotards and your tights and you come to class on time and you end on time. And I'm actually someone who kind of likes structure, so that worked for me. But I I joined this uh, dance company that was extraordinarily talented. I was pushed to my limit, but we would do warm-ups to Michael Jackson. And so I have a lot of really fun memories of doing plies and ballet to Michael Jackson's Thriller. And uh, that's kind of the image of my childhood is doing ballet to Michael Jackson. (laughs) How about you, Haya? At the moment, there's a song um, that I have on very heavy rotation called Celebration by uh, Jamie Woon. And it's not really a dancing song. And so I'm not like, out of my seat and, and raging, but I also can't sit still. It's just, it makes me kind of move and feel warm. Um, there's a part of the song where uh, the line is uh, something along the lines of, it's a celebration if you want. And it's a very sad song, but it's like, it's just kind of teasing out the opportunity to celebrate what you have. And it just feels really apt for me right now. And I just cannot sit still, I just always, swaying along, feeling, feeling loved by, by the music. Um, so that's my answer right now. Thank you, everyone. It's been lovely. Thank you, Haya. I so enjoy co-hosting with you. It's been a pleasure. And we will be starting season two this coming Friday. Yay. And we've got some really great uh, new people coming on the show. We're going to be releasing a new episode every Friday. If you haven't already followed us, please do. It's May I Have This Stance. You can find us wherever podcasts live uh, and on our website, thisdance.org. Thank you and have a wonderful night, everyone. For more information about the Human Awareness Institute or our workshops, visit our website at hi.org. That's H-A-I.org. Thank you so much for listening to May I Have This Dance. It was a pleasure to have you with us. See you soon. Bye-bye.